Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are well on this week's show. We will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's trip up to Vale Park uh, to take on Port Vale. Joining me uh, to do just that, first up, Mr. Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, very good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, absolutely buzzing for our, our first game against the Valiants in a number of years. Pumped for it. Yeah, to be fair, I'm missing this game and it's annoying because it's one of the grounds I wanted to go to. But there we go. Yeah, that's a shame and also joining us uh, looking ahead to this game Mr Lewis Cat, how are you Yeah I'm good mate thank you how are you? Yeah not too bad uh, again look, looking forward to ending our three match winless run I think. Yeah let's hope so let's hope so be a good good trip up to Port Vale I'm looking forward to it. Yeah excellent stuff so on uh, this week's show as I said we'll be looking ahead to that game uh, with uh, Port Vale we're going to hear from Ben Garner in a few seconds time uh, we're going to do some more of my uh, boring points per game analysis but just to sort of check where we are in terms of the race for the playoffs because we are Looking at this season as a race for the playoffs, it's just how how close or how far off uh, from it we are. Uh, we've got the second half of my Charlie Kirk interview from last Saturday, uh, which I thought was quite an interesting little chat about how he settled back into life, uh, you know, back in London now as well. So we're going to hear that. Uh, we're going to hear from Kira Skills from the women's team, uh, looking ahead to Saturday, uh, Sunday South London derby uh, with Palace. She's also been away with England uh, under 23s uh, recently. We're going to talk about the World Cup as well, of course. The World Cup starting. Uh, this Sunday, a very unusual situation where Charlton and England in a World Cup are, are sort of playing at roughly the same time. So we'll uh, have a little discussion about how weird that's going to be. Uh, and then we're going to hear a bit more about Port Vale. Uh, we've got Andy from the Ale and the Vale pod, which is a much better name than Charlton. That's one of the best podcast names I've ever heard, actually. Uh, so we're going to hear from Andy. He's going to tell us a little bit more about uh, Daryl Clark's side. Uh, and we shall look ahead uh, to that game. Uh, so uh, just before we... We start to really uh, turn our attention to that trip. Uh, we didn't win again uh, the uh, uh, podcast of the year, unfortunately, uh, at the uh, Football Supporters Association Award. Uh, massive congratulations to the Blue Moon Pod, uh, a Man City show that was actually their seventh time nominated. So I think it was probably uh, their turn because it was only our fourth time. So massive congratulations to uh, uh, the very uh, pleasingly named David Mooney, who uh, runs that pod. I don't think it's a striker that used to play for us. But yeah, massive congratulations to them. And also, of course, to our table friends at the uh, at the awards, ModMag, uh, who picked up the fanzine uh, of the year. So massive uh, congratulations to the chaps, uh, Gavin, the team. Uh, we had a really good night with, uh, with those boys as well. So we were really pleased that uh, someone on our table won something and it certainly made a, uh, made for a good evening so yeah well done to them uh, make sure you, you have a look at their fanzine and their podcast as well which is also worth listening to um, as well so yeah massive congrats to, to Gavin and the team so let's have a look ahead uh, to Port Vale uh, on Saturday we're now um, three uh, league wins in a row uh, or without three league games without a win in a row which does need uh, addressing uh, a little bit but we head up to Port Vale our first trip there uh, since 2016 I asked Ben Garner what sort of challenge he is expecting uh, from the Valiants yeah it's uh, it's a difficult place to go there um, it's a big pitch which is which is which is good for us 
Um, but they've had a, a, a good start in, in, in League One, Port Vale, after coming up, and especially at home. So we're, uh, we'll have a little bit of rest now. We need it. We need a, we need a bit of recovery time, and then we're, we're working to that game. So you're more professional than thinking about getting your own back after what happened at the end of last season, but it will be a, a big game personally for you as well? No, it's, it's the next game for us. It's about, it's about Charlton. It's nothing to do with me and any... any personal games that have gone in the past not at all so um, it's about us going there and trying to win the game uh, and we'll be preparing in the right way to do that next week there we go Ben Garner looking ahead to the game some uh, scores to settle even if he won't admit it after his uh, Swindon side lost on penalties in the playoff semis up at Port Vale last season we'll come on to that uh, later because we do want to concentrate on it from a Charlton point of view of course Tom um, you know, as I've mentioned, we come into this on the on the back of three league games without a win, two very high scoring draws in our last two, the four four with Ipswich, the three three at Burton. Uh, we're four points off off sixth. We're sitting in eleventh. You know, there's games in hand uh, for for the teams above us, or certainly some of the teams above us. Um, so we, we we need to just address that, and it, it feels wrong to call it a slide because it is one defeat in was seven or eight nine league games now. We're, we're on a good run in terms of not losing games, but Said it before, say it again, you're not going to draw yourself into the playoffs. We have to start picking up points and uh, hopefully we can start with a, a, a tough little trip up to, to Port Vale on, on Saturday. Yeah, for sure. It's it's not going to be an easy game, but I think we've said it a lot this season that, that there haven't been a lot of them. And I think you're right to pick up on those scoring draws. You know, we've scored seven goals in our last two games. So despite the uh, the criticism that we've we've had of Jaden Stockley in the past few weeks, uh, possibly longer, um, we, we are sticking the ball in the net. The, the problem has been at the other end. And if we look back to that run, and again, I, I feel like a bit like a broken record. We talked about that consistency of the back four. And ever since that's been disrupted, um, we've clearly found it hard to keep keep goals out at the other end. Um, so, yeah, I'm sort of setting myself up for a nil-nil here. But I think Port Vale got thumped like 4-0 in their last game as well. So there's there's goals to be had in this game. And ultimately... You know, we just need to tighten it up that little bit. Um, obviously, awful news about Jojo, but I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later with the World Cup as well. But there's going to have to be a change again in goal, although obviously Craig playing the last week. Um, but then I know he, he got banged, didn't he? So, you know, how's he from that? So, yeah, I, I don't know, really. It's it's a difficult one to call defensively because I think that's where our challenge is going to be. But you've got players, you mentioned you're going to have the other half of your interview from Kirky. You've got him coming into form. You've got Jez, who's been solid Scott Fraser who's performing well so we've got players at the other end of the pitch who who can score it's just can we keep it tighter defensively and and if we can obviously we're then going to go on and win the game yeah so I mean it's nine goals conceded in our last three games Lewis um that that consistency at the back is a problem in terms of personnel you know Sean Clare should be back from his suspension of course but we know that uh, no Egbo no Terrell Thomas and no Owen O'Connell that keeps us quite light in that in that part of the pitch. Um, so we're looking at a defensive line that's yet to gel, if we're going to put it kindly. Um, I mean, if you were Ben Garner, and you, and you know roughly what defensive line you're going to be putting out on Saturday, what's, what's your message to them? Is it keep it simple? Is it just clear your box? Make sure you're getting your blocks in? Because they're, they're the things that we seem to be struggling with at the moment. Yeah, I'd say so. I think it's about that positional awareness as well, because what we keep seeing is players drifting in and out of position, to try and cover the other. I think it's about doing the basics right first, you know, not messing around with it along the back four, trying to, you know, clear your lines and, and sort of limit the risk, if you like, because, you know, we're not, although we're playing this expansive football now and we're playing out from the back, 
maybe we we were complaining really about some of the frailties with our first team defence, and now we're we're sort of working with a bit of a patched up um, sort of backline. You kind of you're going to be worried a little bit about that style of play. I think for me, it's all about keeping it simple away from home. Um, you know, just trying to shore it up, get a bit of confidence running through. If you can come out of there with a clean sheet, then obviously you know it's a great it's a great achievement, a great building block for that defence because it's probably going to be like that for a while, given the injuries to to Owen O'Connell and, and obviously we know Mandela's going to be out for a long time. So we've got to adapt to it because we can't do anything between now and, and January. You know, we might strengthen in January, add a little bit more depth, but in the meantime, this is what we've got and and we've got to deal with it. You know, by hook or by crook. So. I think the message that's going to come from Garner is going to be just to to keep calm and try and keep your shape and and you'll probably be relying on on Ryan Innes quite a bit to sort of keep the line because he's been the more consistent player within that back line that's that's been there and played a lot of the games. It's probably going to be relying on him quite a bit to help keep the shape and help sort of maintain that standard at the back. But it's it's difficult, you know. It's going to be tough. I mean, for me, I think Sean Clare coming back into the fold will help because I think. Although uh, Richard Chin didn't have a bad game Saturday, I do think it's that inexperience. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough ask for a, for a young a young player like him to to come in and, and fill in for for quite a long you know a long period or for a, a large amount of games. So to have Sean back in there, someone who's experienced and has performed well at right back for the most part of of his Charlton career, I think is is going to be a massive help. The only thing I would say is is maybe the struggles of Sam Lavelle at the back. I think there's a bit of confidence there as well, um, or a lack of confidence, should I say, from him. Uh, he's going to want to try and iron out some of these some of these mistakes he's made over the last couple of weeks. But I don't think the target is solely on Sam's back. I think a few of the defenders can can do much better and probably need to have a little bit of a look at themselves over some of the goals we have conceded over the last couple of weeks, as you say. But yeah, for me, the most important thing Saturday is is trying to shore up that back line because. We're stuck with it. We have to deal with it. And it's about finding a way to deal with it. Because mm, that was going to be my question for you, Tom. That, that, poor old Sam Lavelle, you know, he, he he hasn't had a good run of games in, in a Charlton shirt. You know, he had a, he had a little spells un, under Adkins where before then he got injured and then similar came back into the side end of last season, got injured, never really set the world alight. He's come back in now, and you know there's there's still mistakes here, and he's not the only one. You know, I mentioned I mentioned that there was a lot better that Innes could have done himself for a couple of the goals, and Dobson could have done last week at Burton. But well, I mean, when you're in a position where there is nowhere to hide, there's no way we can take him out the firing line because we ain't got defensive options unless you're literally going to chuck in, you know, was he 19 year old Deji Alleraway? So how 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 can you? help Sam in this situation as Ben Garner how, how, how can you sort of try and throw that confidence into him when he must be low on it because there are goals that he's given away it's, it's very it's always very clear that Garner doesn't single out players in interviews when I ask him about specific players who've made a mistake it's always oh that was just a, you know a one-off and actually he's done well here and there it's not his style which is obviously different to some managers we've had before but behind closed doors there surely has to be different conversations going on definitely yeah you've as a manager you've same as manager in any other role, isn't it? You've got to find out what, what makes them tick. And it's it clear from the outside that confidence is the issue. We saw it, and in fact, we were talking about it, weren't we, on Monday night, about you see him come on. I think he came on in the Ipswich game or the Milton Keynes game, and he just looked nervous. And immediately, he got the ball, and he, he looked hesitant. And he's clearly struggling for confidence. He's not having many opportunities to get that form, because as you say, we're... We are making mistakes across the back four. It's not just him. So Garner's right in saying that. But 
if you're a defender and you're conceding that amount of goals, it doesn't matter specifically if it's you at fault or not. That's still going to hurt. So, yeah, the the problem he's got is we look at some of those games that we've played in uh, the cup games, you'd feel like, and I can't remember if he played all of them or some of them or what, but those results and those wins against teams that we're probably expected to beat are uh, are opportunities there for somebody like that and to, to kind of play yourself back into form and back into confidence. Um, but it just doesn't seem to have got there yet. So for Ben Garner, as you say, it's about what what makes him tick. Now, maybe public criticism would be good for some players. Uh, some players might react well to that. But the fact that that hasn't happened suggests to me that Garner probably doesn't think that that's the one. And as I say, if he's looking unconfident on the pitch, I probably agree with him there. But he strikes me as a decent man manager, as you've kind of alluded to there. And I, and I think if he can figure that out, um, whether it's in-game motivation from from the players alongside him, um, whether it's somehow creating a little bit more space for him, so can I don't know? Can Dobson protect him a little bit more? Can he sit a bit deeper when he picks up the ball? Little tactical things like that, just to make him feel comfortable, because he's clearly a good footballer. Like to be able to play at that level, you're not a bad footballer, but you can see how di- kind of confidence is affecting him. Same possibly with Jaden at the other end of the pitch. So. Yeah, that's what we need to tap into. We need to find out what's making him, what what makes him tick, what makes him feel like he's a million dollars. And if we can figure that out, then I know there's a good player in there. So, um, as you say, the problem at the moment is we haven't really got time to to let him do that on his own terms. We we need him to start now. And mm. I mean, you mentioned Ryan Innes being perhaps the the senior head in that defence, which I think he is. You know, and I still I still maintain I think he is our best defender. Uh, like I say, this he's, he's uh, he has his moments as well, but I, I still think he's our best defender, Lewis. But has he got the mentality to lead that back line? Then has he got the leadership qualities? I think I think we're Ryan. I think he has the potential to have them. I think a couple of seasons with us now, it's been raised a few times where people, when he's been performing well, it's been in people's minds that maybe he could be captain material if he sorted out some of the you know the anger and the aggression problems that he has and some of the sort of issues with discipline if you like then maybe yeah because you know a captain has to lead by example so those things need to be ironed out I mean of course no no captain is perfect there, there are going to be flaws you know Stockley's our captain he's been sent off numerous times and, and you do see it quite often but some of the stuff that Ryan's done obviously over the years with this is has been a little bit uh, probably a little bit immature and, and a little bit with poor discipline and you need to have a level of discipline to be a captain and I think that with him at the moment, I mean, he is the the leader in that back line with Owen out of the side, so he's going to have to he's going to have to step up, I think, naturally because he, he's probably the most sort of experienced player in that back four. Um, he's shown leadership qualities outside, you know, quite a few times through throughout the seasons where you know enough for people to talk about it. So there's obviously some potential there, but maybe we've not seen the full side of it, and maybe giving him that focus and giving him that responsibility will will rein in some of the indisciplines that he does have. But ultimately, it's not just down to Ryan in that back four. You know, Cess is an experienced pro that's played at, at plenty of levels. He's going to have to step up. Sean Clare is, you know, is our second second uh, in player of the year last season. Obviously, a, a consistent performer for us. He's going to have to step up. And and Sam Lavelle, of course, I mean, regardless of maybe his confidence being a bit down, not, not playing well at the moment, he's going to have to step up. So... Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough you know a tough task ahead to keep this this defense sort of 
stable um if you like but they're not bad players so they just need a, maybe they need that time to gel we saw it a little bit with owen as well so maybe they just need that time to gel as a as a partnership mm. now i mean tom you hinted at this earlier on so i mean we've seen that we've recalled both nathan harness from bromley and ash maynard brewer from gillingham although i, I don't think ash ever actually played a competitive uh, competitive game for the Jills because of his his injury but he's been back with a 23s recently since recovering now you know we we, we saw Macca picked up a knock in the first half at Burton and I'd suggest that that there's more to that to come Uh, and I think the fact that we've um, recalled two goalkeepers as well probably probably adds to that as well so I'm I'm expecting more news about Macca shortly so who goes in goal um, Saturday for you I guess the senior one of those is probably Ash now Nathan obviously did play at the end of last season away at Ipswich I mean, it weren't his fault, but he did concede four goals. I don't think we gave him much cover that day. Um, and now for Ashley, you know, he's, he's never really played a, a senior competitive league game for us that I can remember. I, know, I remember seeing him in a couple of cup games. Um, so if it is him who gets his chance, I mean, this this could be fascinating view. And he was, he was trusted enough by Neil Harris to be taken out to Gillingham at the start of the season and then had terrible luck with with his shoulder. Um, obviously played a fair bit of Scottish Premier League football last season, which is probably the equivalent of, of, of League Two, um, mostly. Um, so yeah, big, big, if it is him who gets the nod on, on Saturday, that could be a big, big call. Huge. Yeah. And, you know, like you say, we're waiting to hear what, what the result of whether Craig can play or not. But uh, as you say, the fact that we've recalled some goalkeepers suggests to me that perhaps it's worse than was, than was first thought. And I would be leaning towards Ash as well, which is weird. Cause as you say, we haven't actually seen him playing in a proper game for Charlton yet, which, um, I don't know where I've seen it. I feel like it was a a club interview where it might have been a goalkeeper coach or someone was talking about him as like one of the the biggest talents that they've seen yeah, was for it his age. Rob, Rob Elliott, I think, because he's it? done some training with us or something. Yeah, yeah, that makes that kind of rings a bell. So look, there's there's certainly a reputation there, um, and if the reputation is is earned, and if it's coming from someone like Rob Elliott who went on to have a, a fairly decent career, then you'd imagine he knows what he's talking about, then then clearly there's a good goalkeeper in there. The inexperience is obviously going to be an issue. You look at where someone like Nick Pope is now compared to the sort of bumbling, uh, lanky player that we had when he was a young age. Um, uh, and, you know, it takes that sort of time. And again, a little bit like Lavelle, to be honest, we don't have that sort of time. If you're going into a, a tricky game away in League One, you know, the Port Vale manager is going to be saying, right, there's a young keeper between the sticks take a few shots at him, try and unnerve him, get around him, ruffle him up at corners. So it's going to be welcome welcome to League One football for, for whoever gets picked. As you say, Harness had a little bit of exposure already and that didn't go too well. So it adds to our concerns at the defence um, and doesn't leave me feeling particularly comfortable about it. But th- again, there isn't a lot we can do. This is the situation we're in, partly down to the... Uh, the amount of players that we brought in, I think, partly down to the amount of injuries we've got, which it feels like we've said this ever since I've started doing the show, but it does feel like we're getting a lot of unlucky ones yet again. But again, maybe that is down to the small squad that we've got. So, um, yeah, I'm a little bit anxious about it. I'm not going to not gonna lie, but that's what we've got to do. And, and yeah, let's hope whoever it is can step up. Mm. I mean, look, looking at our opponents then in Port Vale, obviously promoted... From League Two last season in the playoff final, obviously we're going to hear a little bit more about them with, with Andy from uh, Ale and the Vale later on. Um, but they're sitting in 15th, 23 points, uh, nine points clear of the drop zone. You know, I think they'll be pretty pleased with, with where they are currently. 
Um, I mean, I asked Ben, uh, as we heard in that clip, and he said, you know, he's, he, he is too professional to get involved in, you know, wanting want to get his own back and stuff. But I mean, Andy does mention later on that the Vale fans weren't too keen on Swindon and, and Ben's Swindon side, and that did include uh, Ben himself. So it'd be interesting to see if there is a, a little bit of needle. I mean, ideally, what we want to see is is Charlton to win and Ben Garner somehow doing his incredible Hulk impression walking down a, the touchline, as we saw against Ipswich, just to really roll them up. But, you know, do, do, at the back of his mind, will he have a little bit of revenge swimming around there, Lewis? I'd imagine so. Yeah, it's you know if it's a personal thing, then then maybe. But w- what I would say is, you know, I'd like to think that he'll he'll keep his head because what we don't want is the results go negatively and him to lose his head and and end up getting booked or sent off or you know, and then him not being on the touchline for for a couple of weeks. So I think he, I think he will he will keep his head. Of course, I think there'll be a bit of a frosty reception for him at, at Vale Park on Saturday, but I think he'll you know he'll deal with it. And, and we'll just have to go out there and play our game and, and let the football do the talking. But it's going to be a tough test. You know, I think, as you say, they'll be happy with their start, really. I mean, obviously fairly mid-table, but given that they came up last season, um, you know, the target usually is to stay up and to be sort of nine points um, clear of the drop zone at, at this stage. They'll probably be fairly happy with that, as you say. So I think it'll be a tough test up there. It's quite an intimidating ground for, by all accounts, I think, and quite loud and quite claustrophobic, if you like. So I think it'll be a really good atmosphere, a proper old-fashioned stadium as well. Yeah, well, our away form certainly needs to improve. We've uh, got the joint sixth worst away record. We've only picked up eight points on the road from nine uh, away games uh, this season. When you compare that to on the top of the table, Zipswich with 20. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of teams who've picked up a few more points than us uh, away from home. Uh, only Burton, Cheltenham, Forest Green, Cambridge and Morecambe have picked up fewer. Uh, so certainly uh, something we need to improve. And I mean, I'm talking points. Let's have a little look then at my, my points per game ratio and where I think we are now. So, you know, I've, I've, I've said all season we need 74.8 points on average to get into the playoffs. Um, so we're currently, uh, we're currently, what are we on currently? We're on um, 24. So we still need to pick up 51 points to get that 75 uh, from our remaining 28 games. So, I mean, a realist, so, I mean, if we only lose one game all season, then we can win 12 and draw 15. But realistically, let's say in our remaining 28 games, if we were to only lose five, which even then would be what double would uh, would, would mean sort of halving our loss rate that we've picked up already. And, and obviously we've done quite well in not losing too many games. Then we'd have to win 14, which is 50% of our games and draw the rest of nine. So the, I know, Tom, you're not a great believer in, in my in my points per game ratio and trying to tell it how it is in terms of what I think we need. But I mean, d- does that not sort of indicate roughly where we need to improve and, and why I, I get a little bit frustrated when people say, yeah, we've only lost one in eight when we've drawn the majority of those, like we need to win games, you know, we can draw nine games between now and the end of the season, but we have to win 14 if we're going to lose five. That's why, that's why I keep sort of hammering home this point that I, I, we, we desperately need to pick up now. We can't, we can't just sit here and be happy with only losing the odd game when we're not winning. It's quite depressing, isn't it? I think that that's my problem with it. it it's, um, yeah, it's not, I'm a bit of a dreamer. I like to think that it's on and, until it's mathematically not. Um, of course, it, it doesn't make for good reading. We need a, a run in probably starting now that we had back end of that Boya season when we, it felt like we were never, ever, ever going to lose a game. Um, and we basically need to need to do that starting soon as possible. And when you factor in the injuries we've got at the moment, um, when you factor in the fact that 
the World Cup may well affect things. Whether it does or not, I don't know. When you factor in the fact we're still in three cups, obviously it's going to be tough. And that's where the spreadsheet, obviously the stats speak for themselves. It's just too real for me. Because when you look at the table, you think, okay, if we win a couple of games, we could well sneak into the playoffs. And then it's just about staying there. And that almost becomes a different story at that point. Um, but look, the the proof is is there. Like you're backed up by by data, and and that speaks for itself. But um, yeah, it's at the moment one of those tables where if you go on a good run, as I say, you can be right up there. But you only need to lose one or two, and you're suddenly right down near the bottom. Um, so yeah, I just I think as I said last time when we were speaking about it, I don't have a problem with it per se. Apart from the fact that I prefer to see my games, it. yeah, basically, <laughs> I like to see my games won and lost on the pitch because yeah. there's always hope on the pitch. Whereas on this spreadsheet, I'm seeing very little hope. Yeah, and that's why when when we when we had the four four draw with Ipswich, um, someone someone actually tweeted me update the graph. I was like, no, can't we just enjoy the game? This wonderful yeah. game of football that we've just had, this amazing comeback. Let's not let's not delve into the stark realities of where we are. I mean, obviously, the hope is that. Whoever finishes sixth doesn't doesn't get the seventy five points. But I'm just looking at where Derby now. Derby are currently in sixth. Uh, they've uh, they've got twenty eight points after seventeen games. Um, yeah, and if you times their amount of points over a course of the season, they're going to get seventy six points. So we need one more point than what, than what I'm trending towards. So it does make it, it it does make it tough, and it just shows that that eight game winless run that we had. You know, we can't afford stuff like that, and that that's why I do get a little bit frustrated when people come up with you know come at me with we've only lost one in however many. And yes, we're only four points from the playoffs, but we are we're eleventh. There's a lot of teams in between us and, and the top six at the moment, and also. This is based on average trends. You 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 look at. I've looked at the last few years, like the last five years worth of League One tables, um, and every year, you know, it tends to even out. There, the, it will be tight at this point, and then teams start to edge away. It's very rare that you can get in uh, with, with a lower amount of points than what I've said. So, you know, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm hoping that maybe I've I've ever so slightly overestimated what we need. But even then, it won't be a great deal of difference. So, realistically, we could probably afford to lose between five and seven for the rest of the season but if we were to lose seven we'd have to win 15 of our remaining 28 games and then draw six and I mean that's a 54% win ratio for the rest of the season that's where we are and that's why uh, it's really tough but it is worth keeping an eye on and let's just see if we can buck that trend and as as Ben says if we can dream of a a January where all of a sudden we we uh, we, we pick up Ronaldo because I'm, I'm, it sounds like he wants out from Man United then then maybe uh, may, maybe we can we can buck the trend but you know Realism hurts, and it hurts a lot looking at it on my little table. Right, um, let's speak uh, to Charlie Kirk, shall we? Now, we heard from him after the game against Burton uh, on Saturday. Uh, and oh, actually, I'm fairly confident it's the first time I've spoken to him, actually. It was an interesting little chat. Obviously, he had a great game on Saturday, got two goals, um, uh, bringing him up to three for the season. He's up there with, I think, his joint most league assists as well for us with Payne, which I think was four. Uh, so he's, at, he's having an all right season, I, I like to think. Now, of course, last season, that uh, didn't go as well for him. We know he signed just after, you know, a tra- tragic family member uh, death. You know, his father died just before he moved all the way down to London from the northwest as well, which would have been tough for him. Uh, we know he went back on loan to Blackpool last season in the championship. There was some 
chat in the summer about whether they might try and sign him, but it never happened. Uh, he's still here with us. He's settled back now in South East London uh, and, and seems to be a little bit happier. So I asked him that question after that game on Burton, uh, how he's found sort of settling uh, back into life in London now. Yeah, I've loved it. I mean, I feel like a different person on and off the pitch. Um, loving life down in London at the minute. Um, so I just wanted to keep continuing. Yeah, I was going to say, is that is that quite a big move to make at the time you had as well to, to come down to London? Yeah, of course. I mean, any 23-year-old moving away on his own to London is a big thing. And I think I was ready at the time. Maybe I wasn't. Who knows? But um, I've settled in a lot much, much better now. You've been asked to play a, a different position by Ben recently up front. How have you yeah. found that? Is that something you've, you've had to do before? Um, I've never played up front before, no. But as I said, I've... Um, I've adapted quite well, I think, playing up near, near Jaden. I've just got to keep getting close to him because sometimes I may, may drift out a bit wide because I'm a left winger. Um, but as I said, I'm watching clips and other people's clips at the minute and just trying to get better in that position. Do you feel like it was a position that you naturally would be quite good at? So you had a very good goal record when you were with Craig. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I can score goals. i scored double figures in two seasons now, so there is goals there. Um, so I just need to start showing it a bit more. Have you found uh, Ben as a manager? Obviously, he's new to the club in the summer. Yeah, he's been um, nothing but good to me. He's um, he's had trust in me, which all I, that's all I can ask for in a gaffer. And so I've yeah, I've got a bad words to say. Yeah, and you obviously had a, a spell away from the squad for a game or two where, where Ben had said that he wanted to see some improvement from you. Is that something that, that can really help spur you on as a player? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it was after the Bolton game. I had a really bad game, and I come in training and the standard. I knew myself wasn't there and I, I knew I wouldn't be in the squad and I deserved not to be in the squad so that was the kind of kick up the arse I needed and since then I've I've been good It's been a case of not looking back since then Yeah of course yeah I mean it was just an off week from me and I can't behave like that attitude wise there we go. Uh, really interesting to speak to Charlie Kirk and uh, and a young a young man. You know, was he twenty three when it, when he moved down? I think he said, and that that can't be easy for anyone. You know, I didn't I didn't move out of out of home until I was about twenty four. I think Lewis, and even then, I only moved around the corner. Like to to up up and leave at that time of, of your life with your family. You know, the family sadness that we're going through at the same time. And then to have a difficult start to life in, in, in a Charlton shirt as well, it must have been tough for him. And, and and first and foremost, it's nice to see him playing with a smile on his face. Yeah, 100%. That's probably the main thing I've noticed this season and I've really liked about him is when I've seen him playing, even in games where where he's not been that involved, it's the the sort of the relief and the celebration on his face whenever we do something good. like Whenever we score, he's like the first player sort of sprinting around. And we've seen it before where players have scored but he's been sort of running off on his own like celebrating and screaming at the fans and stuff and I love that passion about him and it's it's been obviously so tough for him like last season I mean to go through what he went through anyway before he's moved down here is obviously unthinkable for for anyone to go through you know the loss of a parent um is is obviously something that is incredibly sad and incredibly difficult and then to then move from from crew um or you know wherever he was living at the time down to London sort of unsettled and still grieving in himself and then with the pressures of joining a joining a you know a, a bigger football club and and wanting to hit the ground running it must have you know it added up and of course we weren't doing great when he came last season you know that that initial spell under Nigel was a really difficult time to be to be at Charlton and to follow Charlton so yeah you know it's great this season to see him come in because I and I was a big believer that in the summer I didn't want him to go like when it was spoken about him maybe moving on 
I was a believer that he should have stayed and I'm glad that he has because I think we're starting to see some glimpses of the Charlie Kirk that, that we, you know, that we bought. And of course, there's definitely room for improvement. I think there are some areas and in, in, in some games where maybe his, um, you know, what he does in the games drifts a little bit and, and he doesn't contribute as much as he should. But then there are other times where he, he puts the, you know, puts an assist on a plate for somebody to score a goal or like we saw on Saturday, he scored that brace with two impeccable finishes. So, I think he's a player that's going to grow in confidence. I think it's good, you know, he's going to settle here and it's fantastic to hear how happy he is and how much more settled he feels in London now. And hopefully with him being in a better position in his personal life too and feeling more settled, we start seeing, you know, the real the real Charlie Kirk on the football pitch and, and he can really have a good career here because I, I was really happy when we signed him, disappointed when it dipped off and now we're seeing him you know, come back up. It's really nice to see. Mm. I, I still think it's probably too early, Tom, to say he's having a good season. He's having an all right season so far. We need more days like we saw on, on Saturday. But I, I don't think we're a million miles off now. You know, his numbers are okay. Uh, and we're asking him to play in a position where we haven't before. And, you know, th- there's probably been a couple of games up top where he has been quiet. But th- those two goals, you know, linked up quite nicely with Stockley for the second one. Uh, the first one I thought was a great finish as well ac- across the keeper. Um, I mean, considering we, we need a foil for Jaden Stockley, uh, we've, we've got someone who's almost come out of nowhere to, to do that, which has been useful. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been really critical of him, actually, this, this season. Perhaps not on the podcast so much, but certainly at games with the people I've been sitting around. And the things that frustrate me are things that probably are slightly unfair from my side. He, he doesn't kind of go into big challenges he seems to shy away from some of those sorts of things a little bit and well, that's interesting because also he had he had that conversation didn't he with Garner as we heard in the interview just then mm. you know after the Bolton game he got dropped out for a couple of weeks and he said himself he had to improve attitude and work rate and stuff so clearly that's that's something you've picked up on as well it's, it's just how it feels and I know that look if I was playing professional football and somebody the size of Jaden Stockley was going up to a 50-50 with me I probably would try and back out as well so as I say, that's why I feel perhaps I've been a little bit more harsh on him than than he perhaps deserves. Um, but as Lewis said, and, and I think you did as well, the the attitude he has around the team and around the squad, the way he likes to react to us scoring goals, his numbers are actually pretty good, as you've said. And again, as you've both said, he's playing slightly out of position and being asked to do a job he's not used to. So you factor all that in, you factor in all of the stuff in his personal life that he's had to go through. I know it's a year and a bit on but that's still very raw for people and you know people grieve in different time frames there's no time scale on something like that I think probably I have been over critical of him and hearing from him actually in that interview kind of personalizes him again and reminds you that he's he's just a kid and and he is trying his best and I think the conversation with Garner's helped I think the fact that he scored goals will hopefully if anybody else had a similar attitude to me will hopefully alleviate that because as I say I do feel I was being a bit overly critical and um, yeah if he can continue to build on those numbers we do want to see a few more goals from him because we know what he's capable of then uh, then there's a good player there and I, I think he's he seems very likeable um, he's one of those players that as I say frustrates me a little bit but you get that with players and you know particularly kind of mercurial players or wingers they're not going to be able to deliver 100% because if they did they'd be in the Premier League so yeah, look, I'm delighted for him. I think those two goals hopefully will do wonders for his confidence and I just hope he continues to build on that now. 
Excellent stuff. Right, uh, we're going to have a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we still got to hear from Kira Skills uh, from the women's team. We'll talk about the World Cup uh, that's starting this Sunday. And, of course, uh, Andy from the Ale and the Vale podcast. Uh, I did ask him for pub recommendations with a with a, with a, a podcast name like that. you got to ask him. Uh, we're going to hear from him as well all about Port Vale. Uh, all that's coming up. Uh, when we come back on Charlton Live, the Big Match Preview. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to Amazon.com slash news ad free. That's Amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Charlie. Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr. You absolute German beauty. Woo! Dream lads. Charlie have scored. With seconds remaining, we've done it all. Get in! Come on! What a time yes. to be here, here at Wembley! Oh my word! Oh my word! Right, welcome back to the big match preview. Port Vale on Saturday coming up for the Addicts. On Sunday, the women's team are heading to Sellers Park to take on Palace uh, in the south at London, a derby. Uh, now we're going to hear from Kira Skills. Uh, she's uh, actually just been off uh, with uh, with England as well, under 23s uh, duties with the Lionesses. Um, they, they beat Netherlands 2-0, a game uh, in which uh, she came off the bench, as did Angela and Addison uh, from the Addicts. Mia Ross uh, from the Charlton side started in that game. Uh, and then uh, they drew with Italy, in which uh, Ross and Addison both started, and, and Skills was an unused sub. Uh, but great for all three of those girls to be off uh, with the uh, Lionesses over the last few weeks. Uh, back to league action now, and, and the Addicts for, for them, though, beat Durham last time out away, of course. Uh, as I said at Palace uh, on Sunday, uh, so we uh, very kindly were sent this audio from uh, from Kira chatting away. Uh, first of all, she was asked, "How was life away uh, with the England under twenty threes?" Yeah, it, I mean it's always an honour to get called up for England. It's an unbelievable experience to be training around some of the better young players in the WSL and Championship. So yeah, it's always an honour to be called up for England. And obviously, with going with Mia and Angela as well, so you had some fellow teammates in there as well. Yeah, it's always nice to have people that you're familiar with, you know how they play, you know what they're going to be like around camp. So yeah, it's always nice to have people like Mia and Ange there with you. And obviously looking to league action now this week, back into the Championship, big game coming up at the weekend, Sunday against Crystal Palace, the South London derby. How much are you looking forward to that one? Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to the game. Um, It's always a great occasion. Obviously there's a rivalry between Charlton and Crystal Palace. But ultimately, it's just another game. We've prepared as we always prepare for games. 
and we just want to get the three points at the end of the day. Obviously your second season with Charlton now, so you kind of have that experience of knowing what the South London or London derby is like. Obviously last season the results didn't go Charlton's way on both occasions. How do you think that knowledge can kind of spur on your teammates to rally behind and try and get three points this time out? I think obviously, yeah, I've experienced it. I know what it's about. Um, last year was my first experience of it, so I've, I've got that under my belt. But yeah, I definitely think we can help the girls in and around it. And I think the girls obviously have a lot of experience with derbies and big games as well. So I think they'll be really up for it. And obviously, the Selhurst Park and the Valley, two big stadiums. Uh, how excited are you kind of to see Charlton fans in there? Yeah, it'd be massive. Um, obviously, when we have fans at the games, we really hear them on the pitch. Like it really spurs us on and tries to try to get the win. So yeah, it'd be great to see as many people down there as possible. And finally, looking to kind of continue this winning momentum off the back of Durham two-one victory recorded. Uh, how how much would it mean to the team if you kind of kicked on and got got this win and continued that winning momentum? Yeah, I mean the Durham game, the win we got at Durham was really important. I think for us as a group. It helped us to, obviously we've been working hard, but to get that three points, it really helps the group. So I think, yeah, we're looking to kick on and hopefully add to that three points. There we go. Great to hear from uh, Kira, let's say after international uh, exploits and hopefully uh, they can... uh keep up that winning run as we heard beat Durham last time away uh, Palace on Sunday they they've done double over us last season but I mean the, the away game was probably fair I was at that and we were well beaten but the the home game like we battered them and lost 1-0 so after a bit of revenge I think against Palace and it's at, at Selhurst as well this Saturday instead of Bromley so you will need your injections if you fancy going uh, but yeah why not get down there and support the girls right um Sunday coming up the World Cup starts we don't normally say that on this podcast Tom because it's such a weird time to have have it um and i mean first of all you mentioned earlier how how gutted i am for jojo wallacott you know he got injured in the warm up up at up at um burton on saturday and then the news was confirmed monday that he's fractured his finger so he's going to be out for a while anyway which you know potentially longer than what the world cup will be anyway so we're going to be missing him for a while but i'm just that 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 just pales into insignificance when you think there's a a player at our club who had the chance to go to the world cup and, and it's been snatched away from him i just feel feel absolutely gutted for him yeah i'd love to say that that selfishly the biggest issue is is that we're losing him and obviously as a club it is but you feel for him first and foremost don't you a young player like that who i think on the whole has performed very well um for us this season was was good for Swindon last year as well he, he, yeah just absolute heartbreak for him because it would have been very easy who knows maybe he did say to Ghana I don't want to play at the weekend but it certainly doesn't sound like it and if he did then Ghana had picked him anyway but I, I don't think that probably is in his character um, so he's gone into that game thinking right get through this game and off I go and yeah what a, a fluke thing to happen this goes back to what I was saying earlier about the, the luck that we've had with injuries just gutted for him. Um, but I think I read somewhere he's going to travel out with the team, isn't he, anyway? So he'll be around it. I know that's probably very little consolation to him, but maybe that'll just give him that feel and, and maybe give him that hunger to get back uh, in four years' time. But, um, yeah, heartbreaking for him. And, and obviously we wish him well with his recovery as well. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a weird World Cup, isn't it, Lewis? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to delve into the other side of it just yet, but look, looking purely at the timing, right? So... I'm getting into the I'm getting into the Christmas mood now, you know, getting into mid-November. The Christmas songs are on the radio and, and on the TV and that. Um, the absolute, absolutely at the back of my mind is the fact that the World Cup starts on 
on Sunday. You know, England are playing on Monday. I am off for the game, but I'm off. I'm off all next week anyway. So I'm, hopefully that will help me a bit more watching games all the time. But I just, I just feel like a million miles away from a World Cup, and I just, I, it just doesn't feel right. Especially considering I've still got Charlton to worry about. You know, we've got. We've got games coming up in the FA Cup. We're going up to Morecambe on, on one of the days. We've got Port Vale on Saturday. Like England playing in the World Cup is completely at the back of my mind. And that's not normally the case. I'm a, I love England international tournaments. You know, I, I always always get together with my mates. I, lo- I love I love get, get, getting into a big group and watching the games and cheering the boys on. But it just doesn't don't feel right, does it? No, it doesn't. And I I totally agree with you. And when, when I think of international tournaments like the World Cup, I think you know summer with friends you know, watching it in a garden, like beer gardens and things like that, you know, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's in the middle of, you know, middle of November and, and into December. As you say, our, our league campaign doesn't stop. You know, we, we carry on at hundred miles an hour with trips to Plymouth and everything as well. You know, we've got all those cup games in, in, in amongst all of it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think the timing of it, obviously we know it's always been an issue. I think it's been, you know, it's widely, discussed it around the world about that you know why reasons why we may not think it should be in Qatar and and everything and I think it's it's difficult as well for the players because of the amount of fixtures you know the the final I think is on the 18th or 19th of December they've, they've then got to travel back from from Qatar I mean depending on how far the country of that player goes and then if they're a Premier League player they're, they're back playing again on Boxing Day and it's it's difficult because of I think the disruption we've had to the footballing calendar over the last few seasons anyway off the back of COVID, um, we really started to see you know the issues with injuries and fatigue and probably why we went up to sort of five subs a game and, and lots of changes to the game to try and cater for some of these reasons and then you've got a an international tournament dumped right in the middle with it you know it's we've only just come off the back of the Nations League which I mean the less we talk about that the better but. It's, it's a lot of football and these, these players are only human beings and I know they get paid a lot of money to play football but you know your, a body is a body it's not like you know just because that per, that person earns a certain amount of money doesn't mean they're invincible to injury or, or anything like that so yeah I, I agree with you it's a difficult time to watch it but you know likewise I think maybe once it starts we'll, we'll probably get into it a little bit more but as you say you, you lend a lot of support to your club throughout a season you know we travel home and away and, and support Charlton you know, through some really tough times and some really great times, and then you've got the the added of of the World Cup now in in the middle of that, which is you know it's going to add a lot of a lot of games. <laughs> but um, I, I'm I'm quite looking forward to it. I think once it gets going, I'll be a little bit more into it. But it's definitely that that World Cup fever you get in the summer usually is definitely absent for me this time. It's it's like you say, it's a bit of an afterthought at the moment. Mm, yeah, I mean, obviously the timing. It probably says more about me than anything else, and I, I, I do think it's the timing that's making it feel worse for me than anything else. But obviously, where it is doesn't help, I guess. Tom, um, it, it still seems like you, all the stories coming out. It, it seems like such a strange place, and I guess it will for for some fans. Not not you know, there, there will be some who, who will decide not to watch it. I think realistically, I, I can't see that being the case for me. Which, which again probably says more about how I'm thinking about things but it is it does it does leave a slightly sour taste in the mouth knowing knowing what's gone on before this tournament has even started I think it's messing with with a lot of people's emotions I don't think there should be any guilt in watching it because you're not behind the decision um and I think so long as people are aware of it and are prepared to listen to the stories that are important around the human rights issues 
uh, and the the migrants that have worked on it and the uh, the LGBT um, plus issues and all of that sort of stuff. I think there is a real opportunity to raise some awareness of that. I, I'm really struggling a little bit. I, I think, look, I, I'm almost certain I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm pretty sure when the games come around, I'll probably forget all of that and I'll end up watching the football and enjoying it for a World Cup. And, and I do feel a little bit strange about that. With Wales having not been at a World Cup for so long, you want that to feel a little bit more special than it does. Well, I do. Probably you two don't, but I want them it, to get knocked out as soon as possible. <laughs> that even you know that feels slightly tainted because it's a World Cup that I feel probably shouldn't be happening at all. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's going to challenge some people, and and as I say, if it doesn't challenge you and you and you feel comfortable just sitting and watching it, then I don't think there's any guilt there. And similarly, if you feel and you're strong enough to not watch it because you really don't feel like you can, then. You know, it doesn't make you any more high and mighty, but I think that that is something to be respected as well. So, look, all World Cups are, po- are political. I know they keep saying they don't want politics and football to mix, but the truth of it is they do. And um, I think that these things just have to be discussed openly and honestly, which ironically is something that you would probably struggle to do if you were out there. But here we can. I think it's important that we do. Uh, obviously, this podcast, first and foremost, is a charm one, but... If we're talking about the World Cup, I think that's probably as much as I can say on on this particular episode. But when Wales' first game comes around on on Monday night, I know I'll be watching it, and I know I'll be wanting them to win the game of football. and And it's as simple as that for that ninety minutes. I think. Mm, yeah, well, it's going to be it's going to be really weird to to be going hand in hand, Charlton and uh, and England at the same time. But that's what we're doing, and uh, that's what we're doing this weekend because the World Cup starts Sunday. But of course, Saturday uh, we're up at Port Vale, so let's learn a little bit more uh, about uh, the uh, the Valiance. And as I said, it's Andy from the, the best podcast name I've ever heard, uh, Ale and the Vale. Uh, I've asked uh, I've asked Andy how how Port Vale have taken uh, to life back in League One. He's been um, solid. You know, he's a little bit up and down. It's never quite. As you expect, when you get promoted, you know, you have to sort of take one step forward, step back every now and again. Um, Saturday being a case in point, really getting hammered 4-0 at Oxford. But you can't really argue, really. Um, we've, we're, we've been top half. We've um, won, beat most of the teams we're expected to beat. We've, yeah, it's it's a funny league, isn't it? You've got sort of half the league are, are pretty far away from the rest of it and you've got to make sure you you try and win the games that are winnable really so I'm, I'm pleased enough mm. yeah I mean what were the expectations obviously it's your your first season at this level for, for five or six years having come up through through playoffs last year was there was there expectation or was there hope just about sort of treading water and staying up this year or were there fans who thought that, that there could be another promotion pushing the off in I think really, I mean, you, you probably know when when you went up through the playoffs a few years ago. It's um, it's it's difficult because of the timescales involved. Once it's like the end of May, early June, it's it's hard really to recruit the best players. A lot of them have already gone, and you're sort of playing catch up a little bit. And we did most of our business towards the end of the window, and that sort of put us on on the back foot a little bit compared to other clubs. We're I, I think you always have to try and sort of your first target when you come up is to not get relegated again. And and I think that was ours. And then from that, I think the lower half of the table is much of a muchness. So you're trying to sort of finish top of the bottom half, really. I think anything from about 
12th down to about 15, 16, 17. It's a, a decent enough season, I think, for, for us, really. Hmm. It's been an interesting journey that your club's been on over the last few years with the, the, the takeover by, I don't know, sort of lo- local local business people. Is it is it fair to describe them as? And they, well, from, from the outside looking in, they, they seem like quite a popular ownership. Is that is that a fair assessment? They are, yeah, they've had a, a good honeymoon period. And yeah, they're a local um, local company, um, a family-owned IT business. Um, they, I, I don't really know exactly what they do, but they have a lot of... Um, it, it's, it's all technical and they <laughs> do a lot of stuff with um, big corporations, banks. It's a lot to do with data and things like that. And yeah, they took over from a very unpopular owner um, and have started doing really good, things not just necessarily putting money in but also putting the club at the heart of the community doing a lot of things uh, around the local community they did a lot of good things during um, the covid lockdowns making sure that um, vulnerable people got um, got fed got hot meals and just making sure that the club's there for everyone and and We've seen we've seen just seen a lot more positivity, a lot a really more upbeat feel around the club since we started getting got we started getting let back into football. Really, there's a lot more kids going the games. It's just just a really good atmosphere around the place. Mm. And uh, what about the manager then, Daryl Clark? Of course, I mean it was uh, an emotional moment for him when when he was able to to lift the trophy at Wembley last season after his his personal situation during the last season, but. Um, how have the fans taken to him? He's yeah, he's still very popular. He, he came in during a difficult time. Uh, it took him a while to really steady the ship. We he didn't win for about seven or eight games after he took over, and then all of a sudden it all clicked, and we went on a fantastic run towards the end of the the lockdown season, and and we really built on that. So the club um, made a few changes during that season when things went a little bit pear shaped in the middle. We got in David Flitcroft as director of football and we put a lot more structure around coaching, management, recruitment, and we started signing some some decent players. So yeah, Clark's um, stock's still very high, still remains very popular. And yeah, he's he's um every, everything's still we've still got that sort of little bit of a uh, what do you call it? After promotion, there's still a little bit of a high. There's still we're still um, riding the crest of a wave a little bit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, you mentioned some of those players that are bought in. In, in terms of the the, the teams that like players that Charlton fans should be wary of coming up to, to Saturday, who who should uh, who should they be keeping their eye out for? Well, fortunately for Charlton, um, a lot of them are injured or suspended. So Ellis Harrison got his fifth booking of the season at Oxford, so he won't be playing, which is a, a massive blow for us. James Wilson, who is ex-United, ex-Man United, um, been around. He's, he's an absolutely quality player. He's got an, an ankle injury, so he's going to be out for a few weeks. And we're scratching around, really, for who could maybe um, play up front. We've got a bit of a striker. We've only really got one out-and-out striker and probably going to have to play sort of a number 10 or a, um, a winger slightly out of position to alongside, probably. Um, in terms of who's a decent or the best players who will probably play on Saturday, I'd say um, 
Nathan Smith is probably our consistent, most consistent player. He's the middle of the back three. He's a proper old school um, defender. He loves to get into a scrap. Um, he'll be um, certainly one to look out for. As it'll be an interesting um, battle between him and, and whoever plays centre forward for Charlton. Um, we'll play two wing backs, uh, although they're not particularly in, in the greatest of form at the moment. Um, but if um, if David Worrell plays, I, th- I think he'll potentially have a good game. I, I'm a big fan of his, and um, he he's probably the the best of the bunch at wing back at the moment, and and, and he'll be looking to really get um, fire some decent crosses in for whoever whoever does end up playing up front on Saturday. Now, of course, um, in in the playoffs semi-finals last season, you beat Ben Garner's Swindon. Obviously, our manager now. I mean, is it, there was some bad blood between the supporters and and the Swindon team. Was there was there any sort of bad blood between them and, and Garner at the end of last season? Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, the Swindon players came across as very arrogant, particularly after the first leg, uh, when they they beat us two one after the first leg, and it almost felt as though they were swaggering around, thinking it was job done. They had a very good away record and I think they thought they'd just uh, steamroller us in the second leg at Vale. And it it became a, a nasty atmosphere. A lot of that was driven by Harry McCurdy, who played for us the year before and he's, he's not a very likeable person. But <laughs> yeah, I think I think Garner might get a bit of stick. I think he had a go at Vale for the pitch, wanted it to be more watered on that uh, occasion. You know, it might be absolutely teaming it down with rain on Saturday, so he might get his wish. But yeah, what one or two were a little bit... Um, and, and I know a few Swindon players ended up at Charlton as well as Garner, I think. Um, Egbo, um, the little lad Payne, is it? And um, Yeah, Payne's there. One or two Egbo's others. injured himself, luckily. But, um... Woolacott's done his finger. He's out of the World Cup squad, yeah. I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, so, so, I mean, I think there won't be um, probably too many players getting booed, but... I think the manager might get a little bit of stick, yeah, put it that way. Mm, excellent. And I'm just fine. I mean, it's our, it's our first trip to Vale Park. Uh, well, the last time we came was in 2016, but that was a midweek game, so not a great game yeah, the fans would have come. I remember come, that. But, so, it was, um, was it I think Charlton should have beat us, and um, I think we got a very late penalty to, um, yeah, I, I to, remember to steal Harry, a point. Yeah, Harry Lennon giving away a penalty and uh, Russell Slade not being too happy with him after. But um, yeah, so the last so the last time we came on a Saturday, I think was either in about 2000 or maybe late 90s. So for, for Charlton fans who, who perhaps haven't been to Vale Park before, what can they expect from the ground and sort of the areas? Is there a lot of places around around the place where they can go get a drink or are they, are they better off sort of staying around in Stoke and then travelling up? Um, there are one or two. Stoke on Trent's a bit old school. Um, uh, a lot of the pubs are a little bit home fan only. Um, they can be quite aggressive, but there, there are a couple of decent boozers. I know the Bull's Head is is one in the centre of Burslem that has quite a good reputation and welcomes away fans. It's got a decent beer garden. It's got a barbecue on in the back. Um, good selection of ale. That, that'll always be a popular one. I don't know where else gets recommended these days because... I don't know. It's, it's a very, it's, it's a very strange, um, it's a very strange town, Burs. I and mean, probably a few people will think it's a bit of a throwback to to the old days, the eighties and nineties. And it's, I don't honestly know. I don't really want to recommend someone to go somewhere in case they get um, into a bit of mither. So I'll <laughs> I'll probably just um, leave it at that if if you don't mind. But yeah, I remember. I think 
the last time before that, it might have been um, 2000 and your promotion season when we got relegated. And that was a mm. Tuesday night. I can't remember. I remember the bank holiday game in Easter when I think you took about 4,000 on free coaches. And um, yeah, it was a great following and he won one nil. Um, I thought we were hard done to that day. But yeah, um, um, don't hold a grudge 20, 24 years on, whatever it is. <laughs> I, I hold a lot of grudges. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, it, it should be, it's, it's an interesting one, really. You know, Charlton always remember them from, you know, the Premier League days and um, being in the first division at Selhurst Park and all that. And I think our last ever time we've played at Upton Park was against Charlton and we didn't know it at the time, but it's um, it's a bit of a, it's um, it's it's a nice club. I, I love the Valley. I'm looking forward to going in April. It's going to be um, first London away day we'll have had in some time and we're going to make a weekend of it. There we go. Excellent stuff. Thanks uh, to Andy for giving us a lowdown uh, on the uh, the Valiants. And uh, well, uh, hopefully at the end he gave you a couple of places where to go and get booze as well on, uh, on Saturday because we haven't been up there for a long time. Um, I did go back in, was it 2016 when we last played there? And it's a, it's a nice little ground, actually. It's a bit, well, not, a, not a boring ground, certainly. So a game I'm looking forward to in a game. Uh, I'm praying that we can pick up three points in and then Ben Garner uh, takes his shirt off on the halfway line and rolls up the Port Vale fans just to wind them up to get his own back for what happened last season. Right, we've run out of time on this week's uh, Big Match Preview. Thanks to everyone uh, who's tuned in. Uh, a pleasure as always. Don't forget, we'll be back on Sunday uh, sort of back at whatever happens against Port Vale. Um, make sure you get your emails and your tweets in Saturday night as well, studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, or at charltonlive uh, if you want to have your say because we, we tend to record the pod early on a Sunday now, so make sure you do that. Right, thanks to everyone who got involved this evening. Thank you uh, to Tom and to Lewis for joining me this evening. Cheers, no worries, mate. Cheers, guys. Yeah, pleasure as always. I'm Louis Menes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we shall be back on Sunday. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.